Today is all about election coverage. As of Saturday, November 7th, Joe Biden has 264 electoral votes and President Donald Trump has 214. Today we will take a look at national and local election news. Stay tuned for these stories. I'm Annalisa Trofmuk. I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprise's Long Story Short. Just a quick note that you are listening to this podcast that was recorded on the morning of Saturday, November 7th. Election updates are evolving rapidly, so for the most recent news, subscribe to The Pantograph, Herald-Review, and JG-TC to keep up. First, let's talk about local Central Illinois elections. Pantograph journalists fanned out throughout Bloomington Normal on Election Day to hear from voters and local officials. Check out mine and Paul Swike's Election Day Notebook at pantograph.com. I also have a fun Election Day story about Stephen Hopkins, a Vietnam War veteran who has worked as a Bloomington election judge for the last 17 years. This year, his 16-year-old granddaughter, Maddie Hopkins, joined him, and the two worked at the St. John's Lutheran Polling Place in Bloomington on Tuesday. At pantograph.com, you'll find this feature along with a video interview with Stephen and Maddie. Sierra, talk to us a little bit about the McLean County races. There were two tight races for seats on the McLean County Board in District 7 and District 9. The District 7 McLean County Board race was still too close to call Friday morning with Republican incumbent Jacob Beard holding a narrow 11-vote lead over Democrat challenger Val Lehman. Unofficial results show Beard with 4,053 votes or 47.99% of ballots cast in District 7 and Lehman with 4,042 votes or 47.86%. Lehman said Wednesday that she was not ready to concede just yet, waiting to hear back from the Bloomington Election Commission, which is waiting on 1,703 vote-by-mail ballots and 13 outstanding provisional ballots. On Friday morning, Democrat challenger Jackie Gunderson conceded to Republican incumbent Susan Schaefer, ending the McLean County District 9 race. Schaefer ended the race with a 503-vote lead over Gunderson, according to Bloomington Election Commission unofficial results. Schaefer received 4,890 votes, or 52.71% of ballots cast in District 9, and Gunderson received 4,387 votes, or 47.29%. Check out my coverage of both races at pantograph.com for more information. Additionally, McLean County Coroner Kathy Yoder was re-elected Tuesday over Democrat challenger Abby Sorrells. According to unofficial results, Yoder received 50,704 votes, or 59.8% of ballots cast in McLean County, and Sorrells received 34,099 votes, or 40.2%. Yoder has been coroner since November 2014, when she was appointed to the position after retirement of Beth Kimmerling. She was elected to the position in 2016 after defeating two other candidates in the Republican primary. She did not have an opponent in the 2016 general election. You can check out more about the county corner race from Lenore Sabota's report at pantograph.com. Incumbent Republican state representatives Dan Brady and Keith Summer were both re-elected Tuesday in the 105th and 88th Illinois House districts. In the 105th District, Brady defeated Democrat challenger Kimberly Cummings. Unofficial results show Brady received 35,185 votes, or 62.7% of ballots cast, and Cummings received 20,933 votes, or 37.3%. 
Brady has served in the Illinois House since 2001, and he is the Deputy Minority Leader. He is also a Minority Spokesperson on the Higher Education Appropriations Committee. In the 88th District, Summer defeated Challengers Democrat Carla Bailey Smith and Libertarian Ken Allison. Unofficial results show Summer received 33,802 votes, or 60% of ballots cast. Bailey Smith received 20,070 votes, or 35.6%, and Allison received 2,513 votes, or 4.4%. Summer, a real estate broker, has served in the legislature since 1999. He was a member of the Tazewell County Board from 1994 to 98 prior to becoming a state representative. Check out my report at panagraph.com for more information. Republican Mary Miller secured the 15th U.S. Congressional seat Tuesday night. Miller defeated Democrat Erica Weaver for the seat, Kelsey Watsonauer reported Tuesday. According to unofficial results, Miller received 242,460 votes, or 74% of ballots cast in the 15th Congressional District, and Weaver received 87,252 votes, or 26%. Miller will succeed U.S. Representative John Schmooks. Republican of Collinsville, who held the 15th seat since 2013 and spent 12 terms in Congress. He announced he will not be seeking re-election in August 2019 and claiming victory late Tuesday. Miller said the success of her campaign was a total team effort and she thanked the voters and those who helped her in the effort. Read Kelsey's report at gg-tc for more information. Now let's take a look at who was elected to Congress this week. Republican incumbents U.S. Representative Darren LaHood and U.S. Representative Adam Kinsinger were re-elected Tuesday night in the 18th and 16th Congressional Districts. In the 18th Congressional District, LaHood defeated Democrat challenger George Petrilli. Unofficial results show LaHood received 255,055 votes or 70% of ballots cast in the 18th Congressional District, and Petrilli received 106,876 votes or 30%. In the 16th Congressional District, Kinsinger defeated Democrat challenger Danny Borozowski. Unofficial results show Kinsinger received 214,257 votes or 65% of ballots cast in the 16th Congressional District and Brozowski received 115,067 votes or 23%. Reporter Lenore Sabota spoke with both LaHood and Kinsinger Tuesday night. LaHood said he will continue to be a cheerleader for the district and use his position on the Ways and Means Committee to help agriculture and manufacturing. Kinsinger called the large turnout of voters nationwide a great example of what happens when people are engaged. Check out Lenore's report at Panagraph.com for more information. The Associated Press has declared incumbent Rodney Davis the unofficial winner in the race for the 13th Congressional District seat. They declared this on Tuesday evening with 397 of the district's 602 precincts reporting as of 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday. The Taylorville Republican had 113,511 votes to Democratic challenger Betsy Dirksen Londrigan's 76,648 votes. Again, this is as of Tuesday evening. Um, the Associated Press has more updated numbers. It was Londrigan's second attempt to flip the seat two years after she came within a percentage point of Davis in the 2018 election. The competitive race garnered national attention. Landrigan of Springfield won a crowded five-way primary in 2018, but Davis in the November election that year defeated her 
by 2,058 ballots. Davis, who was first elected in 2013, has sought to portray himself as someone who can work with Democrats, touting his position as the 13th most bipartisan member of Congress in an index compiled by the Luger Center and Georgetown University's McCourt School of Public Policy. He is the honorary co-chair of President Donald Trump's re-election campaign. According to a Herald and Review story by Tony Reed, Scott Reeder will be the next Macon County State's Attorney after winning Tuesday's election. With all precincts reporting, unofficial results had Reeder, a Republican with 29,513 votes, to Democratic challenger Tamara Tammy Wagner's tally of 18,357. Reeder had pitched his appeal to voters on regaining what he described as a public sense of trust in the office and a pledge to be open as he, as open as he could about what goes on there. He also prioritized fighting violent crime, but said he didn't like the term gun violence, stating that it was criminals using guns that were the problem, not the firearms themselves. Incumbent Sue Shearer prevailed over Republican Charlie McGorry and Green Party candidate John Keating second to keep her seat in the 96th district. Valerie Wells reported Shearer has represented the 96th district since 2012. A retired public school teacher, she ran on the platform of reducing wasteful spending and reforming the Department of Children and Family Services. Decatur native and Stephen Decatur High School graduate McGorry is a retired firefighter and the United States Army veteran and owned McGorry's Golf and Grill from 2010 to 2014. Valerie Wells also reported Brian Smith's 18-year tenure on the Macon County Board appears to have come to an end. Smith finished 77 votes behind Marcy Rudd for the second spot in the district. Republican Ryan Creek led the way with the unofficial tally showing him with 3,324 votes to Rudd's 2,296 and Smith's 2,219. Rudd was elected to the seat she was appointed to fill following the resignation of Tim Dudley. District 3 includes the eastern half of Decatur around Lake Decatur and east to the county border. In District 1, Democrat Carl Coleman was elected to replace Rachel Joy, who did not seek re-election. He defeated Republican Jody Franck, 3,110 to 2,580. District 1 includes the western half of Decatur. Reporter Garrett Karsten reports Brad Hallbrook was elected Tuesday to another term representing the 102nd District in the Illinois House. The 59-year-old Republican from Shelbyville claimed more than 70% of the votes in a majority of counties to retain the seat he has held since 2012. He was challenged by Mitchell Esslinger, a committeeman of the Democratic Party of Shelby County. Hallbrook's platform includes pension reform and job creation considering trends of sharp population declines. Before we move on to national election news, let's touch on the graduated tax amendment, which was ultimately turned down by Illinois voters. The outcome of Tuesday's vote handed Governor J.B. Pritzker his first major defeat. The Democrat campaigned on establishing a progressive tax, which he said would make tax payments the same or lower for 97% of the state, while those making more than $250,000 would pay on a graduated scale. At Pantograph.com and Herald-Review.com, we have reactions from local party leaders who offer their thoughts on this along with our next subject, which is the 2020 presidential race. Across our three central Illinois newspapers, journalists have been working tirelessly to keep up with this race, which as of Saturday morning around 8 a.m. has yet to be called. 
Far from the ongoing vote tallying in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Nevada, Bloomington Normal supporters of GOP President Donald Trump and Democratic former Vice President Joe Biden spent Friday awaiting word about the outcome of a presidential campaign that has extended past Election Day. Hear from McLean County officials and Kevin Barlow and Sierra Henry's story at Pantograph.com. Just a reminder that we are going to continue to vigorously chase updates for our readers. Subscribe to The Pantograph, Herald and Review, or JGTC so you don't miss a beat. Our subscribers support local journalism and allow us to do this work. So this was my first presidential election to cover, and it was very interesting. Um, The vibe in the newsroom was very... Uh, strong. We were all focused and waiting on the results to come through. Now, what was interesting this year is that we have had so many mail-in ballots that the results were not announced by the end of uh, Tuesday night. So that's been interesting to follow. I'm very interested in seeing how the election plays out. And um, But regardless, covering the election was very fun. I think um, as reporters, we're in a really interesting position. We get to kind of you know, watch as they come in and write about it. And we get to know the candidates and write about their positions, which is really cool. Um, I think newsrooms across the United States also have a really fun um, tradition of eating pizza every election night. (laughs) I think I've eaten pizza on every election I've covered since I uh, started as a reporter in North Carolina. Um, So yeah, we had uh, Marco's Pizza provided by our editors, which was very nice. Um, It was very good. (laughs) Uh, We also had a very fun, you know, shrine put up. Um, Annalisa bought this baby Yoda thing that she loves. I think it's supposed to be a mask, but we put it up um, behind an award that we had previously won. And then um, our our friend and co-worker Lenore said that she was going to put her little cub reporter bear. It's a little teddy bear that's blue and it says cub reporter because that's what reporters are called before they are seasoned. And she put her up there with baby Yoda. And so I decided to put my teddy bear that says Robinson Maroons representing uh, my hometown and high school mascot, the Maroons, up there as well. And we just made it a fun little um, shrine to have watching over us as we reported throughout the night. It was very late, but I think we all did a really good job. And I was very impressed with how smooth it went. And yeah, it was just a really fun, you know, election night. I'm looking forward to covering more elections. Um, Looking forward to eating pizza. (laughs) So yeah, my takeaways from this election cycle it it just was a very interesting time I mean I that's so like a cliche but reporting in the time of the pandemic has been you know insane I don't even think that's probably not the best word to encapsulate everything but I had a snapchat memory from the night of the primaries from March 17th when I was at the Herald interview with our editors, Allison Petty and Chris Coates. And it was so weird because they were testing out how to use Zoom for the first time because after that night, we were all going to be going remote. And it was just weird to be looking back at that and thinking, I didn't I didn't even know what Zoom was at that point because I just never heard of it. And since then, we've probably done like hundreds of Zoom meetings. And it's just so, it's just so weird to think about. Um, this year has been 
so strange, but, um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> our election day, uh, fun was pretty complete with our, our baby Yoda shrine. Um, I don't even exactly know. I, I pretty much anytime I see anything baby Yoda in a store, I buy it. I'm one of, I'm one of those people and I'm proud of it. I love Mandalorian. That was a, that was a positive. Mandalorian started last week, two weeks ago. The second episode came out this week. So yeah, last week. And I'm going to be watching that. That's how I'm going to relax this weekend while keeping an eye on updates so that we can bring those to you. But yeah, overall, election day, as far as our reporting, I I felt went pretty smoothly. We were all a little nervous because we hadn't been in the office. And um, when we were in the office, we were being socially distant. But it was it was nice to see everybody in the newsroom all at once because since I've started here at the Pantograph, I haven't had that opportunity. So it was nice to have that, even if it was just for a night. As always, the reporting mentioned today can be found at pantograph.com, herald-interview.com, and jg-tc.com. Please consider a subscription. We are working, again, tirelessly to keep you up to date with election news. And year-round, we're working always to keep you up to date with local coverage. You can find subscription information at any of those three websites. You can also subscribe to this podcast for free at iTunes and Spotify. Thank you all so much for listening and stay tuned for more.